Hooray, you've made it. Your ears are now feasted upon Climax the Podcast, Love Letter to a Small Town, a product of Climax Scott's Digital Network. If this is your first episode, welcome. If this is several episodes for you, welcome back. We hope that everyone has liked, shared, subscribed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and all the different ways. And of course, ClimaxThePodcast.com is always there for you if you need that direct link. My name is Kevin Harvey, proud 1998 graduate of Climax Scott's Junior Senior High School. And if you've listened to this show before, you know we like to do the business up front. Climax the Podcast is a free show to listen to, so go ahead and mash that subscribe button. It won't cost you a thing. But it's not a free show to produce, so we want to give our shout-outs and thanks to our sponsors who help keep the lights on here at Climax the Podcast. First up, we call her the OG sponsor, Kristen Wachowski with State Farm. Kristen, just like me and just like a lot of you, she's a graduate of CS. She has an office in Battle Creek at the intersection of Columbia and 20th Street, right across from Ollie's and behind Chicago Title. Check out her big, beautiful signs there on 20th Street. And I'm not saying this because she's a sponsor or she's my friend. This is very valid. She was my insurance agent when I just moved from Illinois back to Michigan. A situation like that is very easy to get overly complicated or agents who don't know you really try and hard sells and upsells. Kristen and the team kept it just to the point. What do I need? And about 15 minutes of my life, it was done. Signed, sealed, and delivered. It was great. And I would love it if your insurance needs were taken care of that easily. So if you're in a spot where you need to reevaluate or maybe get new auto insurance, motorcycle, homeowners, condo, renters, business, life, recreational vehicle, boats, and more, it might behoove you to call Kristen. You can literally give her a call at 269-968-5130, or you can visit her website, callkristen.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N, callkristen.com. And Climax the Podcast is brought to you in part by Eldred Homestead Bed and Breakfast, Located at 6378 South 44th Street in Climax, it's one of the most unique stays you're going to have in any municipality. Whether you're about to visit Climax for the very first time or you're coming back home for a visit, sure, there's a lot of hotels up and down I-94, but this place has character. This place has style. This place is drenched in Climax history. I guarantee you Chris and Rand are going to give you a much more memorable experience than just about any other place you could stay along the highway. For more information or to book your stay, you can check out their listing on airbnb.com. You can give them a call at 269-808-8183 or send an email to eldredhomestead at gmail.com. And Climax the Podcast would not be possible without their access to the archives and the support of our friends at Prairie Historical Society. PHS has been documenting the histories of the Climax and Scotts area and the surrounding areas since 1984, and there is so much cool stuff in that history room. You wouldn't believe what's up there, and you really need to see it for yourself. 
PHS is open to the public. They're in the History Room at Lawrence Memorial District Library. They're open on Tuesdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. and then Thursdays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. PHS is a nonprofit organization that is kept going by the generous donations of their annual members. Membership is only $15 per year and will get you access to their six bi-monthly newsletters. To become a member, you can mail that payment to 107 North Main Street, P.O. Box 82, Climax, Michigan, 49034. There is now a Facebook page for Prairie Historical Society, facebook.com forward slash Climax PHS. And then Thursdays at 7.30 p.m., tune into the CSDN Facebook page where we host History Comes to Live, live from the History Room at PHS. And just like that, the business is done. I also want to let everyone know about a couple of cool events going on this weekend. The People Helping People organization is hosting a quarter auction for the CS Grad Bash. That's this Saturday, December 2nd. That's at the Climax Scotts High School Cafeteria. Doors open at 9 with the fun starting at 10. They'll also be doing a walking taco lunch for $5. So even if you don't necessarily want to bid on the items in the auction, that's a really economical way to eat on a Saturday morning. Join them at 11 for lunch with all proceeds going to this year's CS graduating class. And then some other big events in Climax and Scotts. It's the return of caroling on the corners. Always a popular and fun time in both towns. This Saturday, December 2nd from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. with tree lighting at 6.30. There's a lot going on in downtown Climax. United Methodist Church will have the Climax Scots High School Band and Choir. We'll have the winner of the Elven Idol competition performing there. More on that in just a second. Santa Claus himself will be in the History Room at Lawrence Memorial Library. There'll be some treats and crafts there as well. Peace Community Church will be having refreshments as well as some crafting. And that Elven Idol competition, the deadline is actually tomorrow if you're listening to this on Wednesday. This is for kids 17 and under. They can submit their video of them singing or playing their favorite holiday tune. And the winner, as selected by an esteemed panel of area judges, they will be a featured performer at United Methodist Church as part of the musical performances there. And they will win themselves a Nintendo Switch with a Mario Kart 8 bundle. Kids, you need your parents' permission, so have them email climaxthepodcast at gmail.com ASAP to get into that contest. And then this Sunday, December 3rd, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., Caroling on the Corners in Scotts. The center of activity is going to be Lulu's Corner Cafe. Santa will also be in Scotts. There's going to be horse-drawn sleigh rides. There's going to be coffee, cocoa, cookies, and more. The lighting of the Scotts tree and a whole lot of fun. And lest we forget, there will indeed be Caroling on the Corners in both towns. I can't wait to see everybody this weekend. I'm going to be at both events. And I hope to see all of you there as well. I just mentioned the quarter auction by the People Helping People organization, and I really need to talk about something amazing that happened last weekend. It was the People Helping People annual craft show. Over the 10 years that Julie and Ed Tiller have been coordinating these events, they've raised over $40,000 going into last weekend. And as of today, the amount raised for the Gilbert family, $6,622.56. That's so great to see, knowing that that's going to help the Gilbert family so much with those medical expenses. The craft show itself, over 130 vendors, hundreds of customers. It was just wall-to-wall people, and it was a great, great day. A whole lot of other money was able to be raised for different organizations like the basketball team, the band, 4-H, and a whole bunch more I'm probably forgetting right now. But it really was fantastic to finally be at one of these in person and see what it truly means when together... 
we can make a difference. Big differences were made, and I'm very proud of the Climax Scots community for coming together to make such a wonderful thing happen. And I'm also proud of a student in journalism class, Olivia von Eitzen. Yesterday, CSDN put out a video covering all things craft show, and Liv helped me out a ton on Saturday. Ms. Wright was offering some extra credit in journalism class for anybody who wanted to help me create this video, and she jumped at the opportunity. Saturday, she shot probably 80% of what's called B-roll that's used in the video. She was the audio technician for almost all the interviews, and she did 100% of the post-production voiceovers. She did a great job, and she's never done most of those things before. That video right now, it's on the CSDN YouTube channel, it's on our social media, at least it's on Facebook and Instagram, and it should be on ClimaxScotchDigitalNetwork.com at some point later today. And it's that time of the week where we segue into the main event. Who is the main event this week? Well, it is my partner in education. She was the CSDN gateway into our involvement with Climax Scott's Community Schools, and so far that has been a tremendous relationship with more in the works. So without further ado, let's get into the main event of episode 21, All the Right Moves with Jennifer Wright. Well, here we are, another lovely main event of Climax the Podcast. I don't even know what episode number. I probably already said it in the magic of post-production before this. But to me, this is a very special one because my guest this week is one of the English teachers and the journalism teacher. And what other teachers am I missing? I feel like I'm missing something in there. I hope that's it. That's it? Well, <laughs> got it. You it's got hard it. To the summar- basics. It's hard to summarize it all in one quick intro for the amazingness that is Ms. Jennifer Wright. Well, hi there. Well, thank you for joining us here on Climax the Podcast. And I know a good portion of the listeners of this show are alumni from before the Jennifer Wright years at Climax Scots. So if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to hear a little of your story of kind of your path here to Climax Scots. Sure. So I have lived in Michigan for 20 years. I'm from Ohio, and I went to school in Indiana. Kind of moved around quite a bit early on in my teaching career. So I taught way back in 1997, from 1997 to 2003. And then I took some time off to raise my son, who is now 20. And I came here to Michigan with my ex-husband, and here we were doing our thing, and I decided to get back into teaching. So after 12 years of being away, I got recertified to teach, and I ended up here in 2017. I have taught... Um, sophomores and eighth grade for most of the time that I've been here and then a couple of electives and um, really love being in a small school this is most of the schools I've been in have been relatively small I'm from a small town so I prefer a small um, group of kids that I can know by name and and talk to and see on a regular basis and follow them through their education so it's a, a good fit for me, and I love being here. I feel like that's always been a very important thing for Climax Scott's faculty because I'm sure you've seen a, your fair share of sometimes it can be that quick revolving door on the way to someplace else because there's a degree of you kind of just have to get it. Absolutely, absolutely. I think um, you either fit in a small school community or you don't. So I think the people that we've seen um, move on just needed something different. 
um, this is a good fit for me. It's it's where I like to be. I, I love the kids here and I love the community and um, it's it's just the type of situation that I want to continue to make a difference in. So I stay here. I don't want to move on or be in a big school. I think this is a, the best place that I can do what I do. Something that's been very comforting to me to see. Now, I only realistically see one hour of your day and then sort of the bridge on either side of that hour. But every day, every darn day, like a minimum of five to ten kids who are not even remotely in the classes before or after come in to say hi or unburden (laughs) with you that you can tell there's a trust there. I mean, you have the uh, Wednesdays, you are the sponsor, monitor. I'm not sure what the best uh, word would be, but there's now the group of LGBTQ students who have their safe space here on Wednesday. That's with you. NHS advisor. That's what I was fishing for when I was saying, I know there's one more thing I wanted to shoehorn in there. But that's, that's got to feel, I mean, if you're from a small town, you've got to feel good, or you should feel good if you don't already, about what that means to the kids of a small town. Um, absolutely. I think um, you don't always see what impact you're making as a teacher until well after the fact. I have kids that have found me on Facebook um, that are in their 40s, of course, now, because I taught when I was 22. So... Um, they come back and find you and they tell you, you know, what an impact you make um, in their life, in their lives. And that's a huge um, boon for me because there are, there are a lot of days in teaching where you feel like you're failing miserably and the kids aren't getting what they need and, and you're, you know, questioning whether you're really doing what's necessary to help them be successful. So when a kid comes back and tells you that and says that to you, it's, it's a big deal. Um, I love um, being involved in as many things as I can be involved in. The older I get, the the more I realize, wow, you're really overdoing it at this point. So I'm kind of pulling back from a few things, but I don't think I would ever be a teacher who just walks in the door and leaves at 225 and, and doesn't, you know, make an effort to do things that are important to the kids. So the kids know that I care about them and they know that, that – that I'm genuine and that I'm truthful and that they're going to get, um, you know, the truth from me. And so they, they know that and, and it makes for a good relationship that I have with them. So that's the most important thing for me is that they know that there's a place they can come and feel safe. So that's always going to be important for kids, no matter the size. But to me, that's one of the unique things about Climax Scots is that first name basis and the truly personalized attention and now you've had sort of a, well, I don't want to say a curveball, you've had a, an alternate pitch this year, a brand new elective, and that elective is the journalism class. So let's tell our listeners, how did that class really come to be? I know it was essentially a replacement for a former elective. So uh, Brent Cole, who's our principal, came to me um, at the end of last year and said, what electives do you want to teach next year? And that had really never been um, an option before. I had been teaching creative writing since I started here, and um, the last few years had been a bit um, of a struggle in finding kids who really um, enjoyed that class. Um, when you're teaching an elective, you want to make sure it's something that the kids are are enjoying, and it, it just, you know, I would have maybe two or three kids out of a 
group of 10 or 15 that really wanted to to write poems and short stories and all that. So I was like, okay, we need to rethink this. We need to, we need something fresh. We need something new. What's that going to look like? So I just started doing some basic research. Um, of course, when you teach, your certification um, has to be uh, appropriate for the classes that you're gonna that you're going to be teaching. So I had to look into it a little bit to find out what legally I was allowed to to teach. Journalism used to have its own certification, um, and you had to have you know a, a special um, additional certification in it. It has since become part of the English um, the English certification. So I you know did my research and I thought you know, journalism would be fun. Let's, let's consider doing this, but I didn't want to do it in a traditional way. Um, back in the, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, when I taught, I did a school paper. So that was very much what you would think of when you think of the traditional, uh, journalism class, do a, do a school paper. And I was like, eh, you know, that's been there, done that. It's it's definitely something we can do. But we already had a newsletter that was going out through our um, publications class. And so I was like, okay, how could we do this differently? So um, podcasting and blogging is, is really a, a more personal outlet for journalism that kind of involves more commentary on the part of those people who are um, producing it. And I thought this is an opportunity for our kids to do something fresh and new, use some technology that we haven't had in the past, um, give them a voice that really hasn't been available to them in any other course that I know of here. And so it just kind of, I, I kind of said, let's do this with really no understanding of what exactly that was going to entail um, as far as getting things going. So I think I it was kind of a wing and a prayer sort of thing. Like, <laughs> please, Lord, let this work, but I don't know what it's going to look like or how I'm going to make it happen. So um, over the summer, you know, thinking about it, you know, okay, we're, we're I'm going to, the kids and I are going to learn together. This is going to be, you know, led by them. And they're going to have to be the ones doing the research because they are younger and more tech savvy than I am. And thank God Kevin came along out of nowhere. This this person who has all the knowledge that we needed and the time and the willingness to volunteer for our kids. And that's how you got involved. Thank God. Yeah, the, the formation of journalism class sounds a bit what I typically call a ready fire aim yeah. scenario. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is often how electives are because you're, you know, you're teaching it um, for the first time. You're inventing it as you go. I actually have a brand new elective for middle school, too. So I'm kind of just piecing these things together um, weekly until they work. And so, yeah, it's definitely been challenging to kind of figure out how to do it and what is necessary to do it and thankfully you've been here to kind of lead us in the right direction otherwise I think it would be like you know we'd be in a closet in the darkness banging around trying to figure out what we were doing <laughs> using voice memos on phones absolutely and... just coming up with things there's plenty of free blogging and podcasting um, software out there uh, but actually doing it well um, would have been a challenge. So we're very thankful you're on board. 
Now, unpacking a little bit of the student-led part, did you know over the summer that it would be blogs and podcasts, or was that a decision made by the kids who are in the class right now? Um, my goal was to create a, a skeleton for the class. So I called it journalism. I said the way that we're going to provide the journalism to our um, community is through blogs and podcasts, but I, I really left that very open. So what we did to start is we really just did some very basic research on um, journalism as a concept, what that looks like, what's necessary in order to do good journalistic work. And then we um, looked at both blogging and podcasting as concepts. So my kids did kind of some research um, on those things and then presented them to the class. And then the idea was now that you know what you know, you know, from these basic research activities, where do you want to go with this? What direction do you want to go? And and it actually worked out really well because we had like a key group of kids that said, I'd really like to, to blog. I'm better on paper or computer, if you want to say that. Um, but just with the writing piece versus um, talking on a podcast. And, and so we were really, the class basically divided itself um, about in half. So we have a group just blogging and and some of them are blogging together we have some group blogs that that the kids are working on and then same thing with the podcasting here's the groups that have that kind of just naturally occurred out of um, what we were doing so they pretty much decided I want to do this I want to do that okay great and then we kind of from there we had to really start talking about subject matter what were the kids going to talk about and I think because most classes are very structured and say this is what you're going to do and this is how you're going to do it it took the kids a while to kind of realize I have the power to make these choices and it was almost overwhelming at first for them so we you know we had kids that knew I want to do you know true crime that was absolutely an idea but then what does that look like so it was a lot of them having to think outside the box and they've had you know haven't had to do that as much as I would like. So that's why this class, I think, is so special. Well, and then you take a genre like true crime, which is almost the background of the podcasting industry. You fall into a trap of, well, I shouldn't say a trap, but you fall into the think further down the road of, has somebody already done this subject in this way? Maybe we even had a couple instances of by this title. Hey, you can't do that. Why? Well, short answer, Kevin will get sued. But... <laughs> <laughs> we are unpacking that a bit more in class, but there there's some things that I don't think either of us ever planned on the kids necessarily knowing, or I don't think we would have put it in a lesson planner. The kids have learned things like copyright mm -hmm. and trademarks and uh, things of that nature that just because you like a song by Taylor Swift doesn't mean you can make it the introduction to your podcast. You should probably, well, for her, you probably pay tens of thousands of dollars, but showing them other resources of if you are going to have your own show separately from what we're doing in class. They now have a better understanding of if, if they want to keep doing these things, the blogging or the podcasting, they're getting a little bit of the structure of not just school, but a little bit of the structure of the world around them. It's not a one and done sort of thing. And I, I think they really were like, okay, I'm going to have this concept. I'm going to record it and bam, here's the product and it's going to go out on the air and everybody's going to hear it. Um, I think we talked a lot early on about pre-production and 
the kids were kind of like, you know, because we had so much that we had to do out up front. But I think they now understand that you can't just, you know, produce something like this without other people and without the involvement of other people. So we're, you know, we're doing one of one of our groups is doing a sports podcast and they have to do some pre-interview before the game and post-interview after. And the coaches aren't always available and the kids aren't always available. And it's like, okay, what am I going to do if I can't get these people to do an interview? That's been a challenge to, to find uh, time and get people you know, involved and in the process. And um, the kids, of course, you know, this mic is very intimidating um, I am not looking Kevin in the eye at all while I'm talking because <laughs> My it's cold, dead. Yes, stare. <laughs> he's, I'm just looking off into the distance because it's it's hard. It's a it's a tough thing to do, and I think the kids, you know, are worried about how they're going to sound, and and it's you know they sound kind of wooden at first. You know, they they aren't comfortable just talking off the cuff, so. That's, you know, challenging and they're getting better as they go. This is a process. We don't expect these kids to just suddenly be able to do this, but they're learning as they go. They're getting more and more information. They're feeling more and more comfortable every day. So I see, you know, really good things coming from them in the future. And to that point, we're just now to where a few student projects are starting to sneak out into the wild, I like to call it. We've had uh, Fanny produced one of the commercials. It was uh, Fanny, Madison, and then uh, it was also Nicole was involved in that. And if you're listening to this podcast feed right now on the same stream or subscription, we're calling the kid projects CTP Extra, like Kentucky Fried Chicken, CTP, Climax the Podcast. Somewhere in there that works. It's hip. So it's CTP Extra, but then they'll be sort of subtitled the students project. So we've had the junior class fundraising, basically a commercial, but it was produced and written by the kids. Just yesterday, we had the first installment of Scoops and Hoops with Liam and Chase, and then Billy Felton joined them. Very good chance that this week we will see um, a project from Liv, Nicole, and then Deshaun uh, coming out. We're hoping this week. Don't take that as gospel yet. Still have to edit that. Um, But knowing that these things are out in the wild to me that was one of the most important parts of sort of this partnership was it's all fine and good to teach these things and maybe have somebody save to file and then they email or google drive or digital classroom an mp3 to ms Wright, and then realistically it goes in the trash can and no one but the two of them ever listens to it and realistically maybe never think about it again after that Whereas now there's a little bit of an incentive to do well because we're on stage. Now there, with that incentive comes a little bit of deathly fear <laughs> of public speaking. But these are things that we're trying to work with the kids in class because we know not everybody in this class was going to go, Hi, I'm a sophomore at Climax Scott's High School and I am totally ready to host this radio show. But we know that some kids may not be good at that or want to do that. But maybe they love fiddling with these microphone cords and the the digital pieces. And we're only now starting to kind of define that a little bit of who's the producer in the groups, who's maybe writing the content, and then who are the, the front people. I think what's been really cool is that we've had kids that aren't in the class 
that maybe see the equipment out because they come in before um, or after the class, which is fifth hour, um, and they notice things. I've had even middle schoolers um, coming to me saying, when can I take this class? When is this class available? Because now that they know what it is, you know, when you give it a name like journalism, that's kind of a generic um, term. And most of the kids thought when they came in, I mean, we've, we've already had the kids talk on one of the um, Climax, the podcast um, recordings, where they talked about how they thought, well, well, we'll write articles, we'll write articles. So I think a lot of kids are starting to realize what this actually is and what we're doing. And so we have some of those kids that are in drama club, some of those kids that have done um, drama outside of the school, maybe with the Civic and Kalamazoo and things like that, that have come down and said, you know, and said, when is this class available? Is it available to middle schoolers? You know, and we've had to kind of talk through that. Um, we've even, you know, Kevin's even suggested the possibility of having it be a club as well to offer it to those kids who um, aren't taking it as a class. Um, at the semester, you know, kids are like, well, can we join at semester? And now we have to kind of process that and decide if that's something that's um, at all possible for kids who want to get involved. So there's definitely a need here for something um, expression wise, you know, this kind of a, a situation where kids can express themselves um, that hasn't really existed before. Creative writing, you know, was awesome for that. But again, there's a, a small number of people who are seeing that. I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm grading it, I'm putting it on the wall. Um, for people to see sometimes but as far as the community or you know or other people there really wasn't a place for this for kids to be able to say well I like this idea can we do this and now we have this opportunity for kids to to have that and be able to get their voice out there and and write about the things that matter to them and talk about the things that matter to them and that's a really cool thing and then having just heard all of that and ask I would have of the audience. I realized before every episode of the show, I always say, please like, share, comment, review, and all of those things. With the kids, I think everyone already kind of assumes these are not going to be perfect projects. These are going to have maybe some stutters, some um, um, some breaks for you know a cough here, whatever it might be. Because the point is not to be perfect. The point is to show improvement over the course, and we even have kids who, when we did the very first ad read exercise, where I basically hand wrote <laughs> what is usually on before this for callkristen.com and PHS and all of those things, and a couple of the kids were, you know, they were very, like you said, wooden. They were very on the page, but then the second time that one of them did it the next day, you'd think it was the 100th time, because now you're kind of getting past that stigma of, oh my God, it's an ad read. What's an ad read again? And just to see that happen, and that was over like a two-day span. Uh, exactly. They're they're making improvement every day. The, the big thing is that we're talking about 15-year-olds here, 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, that other than maybe TikTok, some of them, I mean, maybe have done, you know, a little bit of recording of themselves in different circumstances like that. But most of these kids are not, you know, showmen. They're not, they haven't done this. We don't have like a public speaking 
course per se. Um, so this is another opportunity to get them comfortable with that because COVID really put these kids at a disadvantage as far as their their comfort level in um, in speaking out about things or talking about things. Um, and so to get them to get up and do, you know, a presentation is, you know, is huge. You know, there are people fear public speaking more than they fear death. I think that's like a, a real thing. So we want them to have opportunities where they can feel comfortable um, talking about things that are important to them and, and communicating things um, in this kind of situation, because we know that that's necessary in the future. We know that they're going to need to do that. They, that they need to be articulate, that they need to be able to communicate their thoughts and their ideas. So this kind of puts them on a spot on the spot a little bit, um, to be able to do that. And, and I think it's good for them. I think it's a good thing to get them, you know, out of their comfort zone, doing things that are challenging and, um, and make them think outside the box, which, you know, has been, it's been a challenge, you know, with, with COVID and, and the things that happened, um, in education because of it. So I just think this is a a super, um, great opportunity for them to try something new. And you and I have had talks about this and I want to make this too philosophical of a podcast, but one of the overarching goals that I sort of have in working with you and working with this class is, COVID made already very technology-dependent generation even more so. And I'm not saying that is necessarily a negative, but when you aren't going to school and you don't have that much to do, everybody from children to senior citizens were just in that screen hypnosis. And now for a lot of these kids, where you and I may have looked up to, say, pro athletes or actors and actresses and things on the silver screen, the television screen, a lot of these kids may look at uh, I may, I'm going to try to say hip things, Bella Porch, that's a popular person these days, or maybe like Charlie D'Amelio or Mr. Beast. And that's about as depth, uh, that's about as deep as my uh, pop culture for kids now is. But if they want to be somebody like that, well, now we have the opportunity to say, if you want to be that person on the other side of your screen, we can teach you that, but you've got to hang out with us in the real world to learn how to do that. And we want these kids to be saying relevant things in a positive way because there's so much out there um, in the podcast, TikTok, universe, et cetera, that isn't positive and isn't what we want our kids to see and experience. And so if our kids can make something positive and put it out in the world and, and produce something that is for them, but in the most positive light possible we want to provide that for them because then they have an opportunity to be that positive um role model for our younger kids that are coming up elementary school middle school students who um can listen to this and and hear our older kids doing cool things so we want that to be an opportunity for them that continues to grow and and hopefully will continue with this venture we definitely want to see big things from it we're hoping um that this can become a a a real selling point for our school for a small school to have um the equipment that we have and the opportunities that we have to to create um technology we're going to continue to push for that and and make that 
something that's available here that maybe isn't available everywhere else. And something that it, it really, uh, this dawned on me over the weekend. We So we're already at a point where a couple of the kids have finished It's Out in the Wild content, and we've got another probably three to five that are dangerously close to that. Monday was just the start of week eight with me joining the classroom. So in less than two months, kids aged 15, 16, 17 years old who've never even heard of some of the equipment that we were using. And I don't even think we had the equipment until about a week in. Couple weeks. And not only do the kids know how to drive the bus, so to speak, they know how to hook up their microphones. They know how to, uh, well, I won't get into all the backwater tech side of things, especially on an audio only podcast. But doesn't this recorder sound fancy? Uh, but that was sort of the first hurdle. And you and I both knew that first part would not be the most fascinating part of class for them. But the shocking part was when it seemed like we weren't sure if the kids were necessarily getting it or really into this, when it came time to do their test of essentially putting all the pieces of equipment in front of them and saying, okay, assemble and disassemble this, not entirely dissimilar to like a military assemble your weapon <laughs> kind of a right. drill. And some of the kids that I wasn't quite sure if they were listening, like they put it together no problem. Like they absolutely were picking up what we were putting down, so to speak. Now they just come and grab the equipment from me and, and get started immediately. Like, we don't have to walk them through anything anymore. They just, they probably remember it better than I do because they're the ones doing it now. I probably need a, you know, a crash course <laughs> reminder of how to use everything. But they've got it so together that they just go across the hall and, and start recording and start doing their own thing. And they bring the equipment back. Um, they're very respectful of it. They know that the school has put, you know, money into what we're doing and, and they're very aware of that and they take care of, of the equipment and make sure that everything is, is on the up and up when they're using it. So I think, um, it's an opportunity for them to realize that if we want something like this, if we want programs like this, if we want to do things that, are going to cost a little bit of money up front to to provide that um, the funds to be able to buy what we need. Um, they're going to need to take care of it, and they've done a great job with that. So I'm really proud of them for that. Well, I couldn't be happier that I, you know, being just reacclimated to the school system. Yes, I graduated from here, but I'm 25 years removed from administrative decisions and things of that nature. But basically all it took was one email to you of, hey, here's some things I would suggest. And within a day or two of that email, we basically what the school did, I won't bore the listeners with all the details, but they essentially cloned my podcast setup that I was already using so that the kids, at that point, we weren't sure if I would be here every day of the week or once a week. We were kind of ironing out what that would look like. But on the days that I'm here, which is almost all of them, we actually have two different sets of recordings. So one kids or one group of kids needs to go to the computer lab across the hall. Well, somebody else can do another recording in class. And we're almost to that point. Like we've got a group, two groups this week that are probably would be butting heads for equipment if we didn't have two sets. Because we've got two that are ready to record tomorrow or Thursday. I think that our our administration and our school board trusts our kids, which is a, a huge thing because that's, of course, not always the case. Um, so when we ask for something, 
um, they're very willing to consider providing it because they know our kids are going to um, take care of it and make sure that it's being used to its you know highest potential. So we didn't have to argue um, with anybody to say, hey, th- you know, we need to get these funds or, or try to, you know, bamboozle somebody so that we could get what we needed. Um, they knew that our kids would be on board and would do a good job. And so they were willing to put in that first investment to, to get things rolling. So we're, we're very thankful for that. And I'm thankful for all of that. I'm also thankful for just the weird way worldly connections work out sometimes because my ultimate path into uh, getting to know you and being part of this classroom was Climax the Podcast Episode 1 guest, Mrs. Lark Murphy. Absolutely. You know, I was I was um, struggling with how I was going to do this. I was like, I've got to get an expert in here that can at least tell us about this process um, because you can find certainly plenty of information on, on the Internet, but that's, you know, it's – vague at best so I don't even know how it came about I don't know if I sent out an email and said hey does anybody know anybody or if I was simply just talking maybe in the teacher's lounge and uh Lark said well there's Kevin Harvey and I was like okay who's that you know so I'm writing his name on a post-it note and sticking it on my desk and I'm like who is this you know and and she said well he does a a local podcast about climax and I'm thinking okay I gotta check this out right so um found him on the internet sent him an email and here we are you know it was it was that simple Kevin was willing to come in Um, did the whole, you know, background check to work with kids thing that you, you know, that you have to jump through all the hoops for and was willing to, to come in here and give his time, you know, which is a huge commodity, obviously to, to be willing to work with teenagers is not for everybody. So he was jumped right in. The kids love him. They have nicknames. They tease each other. It's hilarious. Um, and he's just kind of part of our group now. If he, if he isn't here right when classwork starts, they're like, where is he? So, you know, it's been a great partnership. It's been a great experience for me um, to learn and for the kids to learn. And we're just very thankful that it can continue, you know, hopefully uh, within the parameters that we have right now, but also maybe – um, in a larger scale, you know, as time moves on. So, and to me, that's super important because I've danced around the topic a little bit over the course of this podcast, but for all the wacky wild experience I've had of announcing pro wrestling, speaking in groups of dozens to hundreds to thousands, or being part of production of television shows and this, that, and the other, I always will contend that had I grown up anywhere but Climax, I don't know that any of that would have happened. I'm not saying impossible, but when I think of teachers in my day, like the Lark Murphys of the world who taught me the importance of structure, I would love to tell you I appreciated that in the moment when I was in high school, but there does come a time when you appreciate the teachings of Lark Murphy for sure. Absolutely. Actually, I did in high school too. I kid. Uh, Or Ellen Pierce who directed me in plays or even uh, in more intermediate level years, uh, Eleanor Hayward, Diane Stoddard, and the, I could list a, a billion of them where 
they just incur even something as simple as encouraging my wacky antics. Kids in the school system need stuff like that. The somebody to whether it's maybe it's laugh at the joke or recognize you made a cool video, you made a cool podcast. I'll never forget what that felt like as a kid when somebody would just say, "Hey, good play, good concert, good announcing, whatever it was." And I really hope that kids can have even more of that because I know they didn't lose that. But I hope this can be for those maybe maybe digitally or creatively minded people. Let's find that spark and pour some gasoline on it. Absolutely, we need our kids to stay weird. You know, we need to we need to continue to have kids that are willing to try new things and be involved in in different aspects of the school. That um, we need an outlet for those kids. We've got you know our D and D club is is back and and running again, and we've been very thankful to have that for the kids that love you know, experimenting with character and, and we've got drama club and, you know, we've got a lot of different opportunities, but we don't have something that kind of fits this particular niche. And so I'm, I'm really pleased that things have fallen into place to make this possible. And it can, you know, Kevin and I talk every day after class about how it's going and, and what we see next and, and how we, want things to move forward and you know it's a really positive place that we're in right now we're you know less than halfway through the school year so we can continue to just uh grow the kids that we have in the class and and continue to um get better so that next year we kind of have a a starting point um from day one that will take us far you know into hopefully future years so that's what we want for this when i think even more zoomed out picture we have a lot of sophomores Mm -hmm. in the class we have now potentially what two and maybe a third year down the road if somebody is either in journalism maybe there's journalism two down the road or maybe there's that modern spin on the av club there's a lot of forms that could take and we're sort of hypothesizing all of those right now Absolutely. There's a, this could go in a lot of different directions. Um, but I just love the idea that, that this gets to be something that the kids continue to pour into. They get to say, you know, I have this idea, or I like this, or let's talk about food, or let's, you know, whatever they're interested in. Um, we've got kids right now talking about their cats, which <laughs> I think is hilarious. I, th- I think of little old ladies and cats. That's kind of a thing. I know it's a stereotype, but it's, you know, it's people probably think I have cats. But, you know, the kids want to talk about their cats. If you want to talk about your cats, I'm all in. You know, that's awesome. Fabulous. Talk about it. So we've got kids talking about all sorts of things and coming up with ideas. And and I think that when we get a new group of kids, it's going to be a whole new group of ideas. So they just need um, positive outlets. They need things that get them thinking and challenge them. And uh, this is just an opportunity that hasn't been in place before that I think is a great way for them to do that. And I'm very happy for a lot of reasons, some of them selfish, <laughs> that you had journalism added to the curriculum this year because to to be able to give back, even in the context of what this is right now, hopefully that will be able to 
parlay into more down the road. Uh, but we also kind of have to invent and reinvent a wheel as it's speeding down the highway, right? Absolutely. You know, Heather Wexler, who is our PR um, guru here at the school, has been all in since day one and and has helped, you know, with a lot of this. She's been putting things on our social media. She's linking to, you know, uh, we put out a, a, what is the word I'm looking for at the very beginning? The press release. um, That the kids wrote you know, the press release and, and she took that and ran with it. So we have these opportunities to take Climax Scott's digital network that, that Kevin has created and link in the school through that so that we have kind of this automatic audience that the, that the kids get to, to have immediately through Kevin and, um, put things out into the world that the kids can be proud of and, it's just an ever-changing process for us. We talk about something. We say, you know, let's do this. We start it. It's going. You know, the kids are moving along, you know, steadily with whatever it is. And then there's a new idea so uh, or a new way that we want to think about things or, or a process we want to put in place. So I think it's just going to be an ongoing um, learning opportunity for us and the kids and then um, for the school as well, you know, what's this going to look like long term? How is this going to play out in our in our PR, you know, in our public relations, in our social media, in sports in the school and other activities in the school? So we're just letting the kids, you know, come up with what they want to come up with and we're running with it. And as we learn, we, you know, maybe we pull back on one project and we push forward with another one. We're just going to kind of see where it all falls as we work through it. Well, I think it's going to fall into some very happy places. We've already got a number of kids who are sinking their teeth into things. And no matter what, whether they are the host of hosts, the hostesses of hostesses, or the techs of techs, Everybody's coming away with something. We started off with our four buckets, pre-production, production, post-production, and a final product, but being consistent with that, and that's what I'm hoping will be consistent with weekly or bi-weekly episodes of these student-run projects. And again, I'm going to circle back to the more positive comments we can leave these kids, whether that's on the Facebook posts or the iTunes reviews, or I'm sorry, Apple podcast reviews, those things. Now, I'm working as a filter because I am very aware on the internet not everyone says nice things all the time. So I'm personally shouldering that burden for the kids. I'm sure that's a concern somebody out there has, but somebody wants to be mean, well, that bullet's going to hit me first so the kids don't have to read mean crap if it's out there. Um, So we want to protect that experience, but you may listen to episode one of, say, Scoops and Hoops. By the time episode five comes about, I guarantee you, I heard take one versus take three on Scoops and Hoops. There was a lot of improvement with Liam and Chase in those three takes between two days. By the time they get some more episodes, I would love for as many people in the community to help kind of jazz these kids up. Or if you happen to see them or know them, let them know, hey, I heard you did a voiceover on that video. That was great. Hey, I heard your podcast. That was awesome. I read your blog. I never knew that about the natural wonders of Michigan. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an awesome thing for our kids, and any positive feedback that they're going to receive is going to be 
um, helpful in in their growth and in their confidence as we continue to do this. You know, this is a, a regular class, so you have those kids that are super comfortable with being involved right away, and you have other kids that are going to stand back and watch for a while before they jump in. So, um, you know, we want it to be a safe um, way for them to get involved and, and let them work at their own pace to get comfortable with things. And we've already had kids that maybe would have never allowed a mic in their face before now who are, you know, talking and, and taking part in podcasts. So we want to continue to be positive about that and give them that opportunity. Well, to bring an end of this portion of our day, even though this is like round two for us for today, <laughs> Uh, Jennifer, I'm so glad that you reached out. Uh, I'm very glad that it just I happen to have the luxury of time right now, and it was just kind of a perfect storm of I think right people, right places, right times. But I'm I'm very fulfilled working with the kids, and I'm glad to have the opportunity to share some alumni knowledge with the kids today. Well, we're very glad you're with us, and we're looking forward to the rest of our year and continuing to grow and learn and. Hopefully this can become something that's permanent here at the school. And thank you for being a main event here on Climax the Podcast. I'm really glad we finally got to talk in a lot more detail about what's been going on in journalism class so far. And I was glad our listeners got to hear a little bit more of the story of Jennifer Wright. Jennifer, thanks for joining us here on Climax the Podcast. I just wanted to remind our listeners that the Climax Scots Digital Network is looking to become more of a news hub within the community. We would love to cover just about everything that's going on out there in the community, especially that good community stuff. Weddings, engagements, well, obituaries aren't necessarily the good stuff, but sometimes you need to let people know the info, achievements, birthdays, anything that's news, especially if it centers around the people of the Climax and Scots communities. Let CSDN know. We're always looking for ways to get a new video, a podcast, an article on the website. We want to be the digital home of Climax Scott's News, but we need help just letting us know. We're going to be getting the kids more involved from the journalism class. We really want to give everyone an opportunity to share their news, and it's going to give a little bit more learning opportunity to these kids in the Climax Scott's journalism class. To let CSDN know what's going on, head to ClimaxScott'sDigitalNetwork.com. You can click the contact button. That's got all the emails, the phone numbers, everything you need to know to let us know what's going on in the Climax Scots community. And a lot of times we can get that news out even end of day in some cases, trying to get like a 12 to 48 hour turnaround time on just about all news. So again, use that contact link at ClimaxScotsDigitalNetwork.com. And now it's time to put a bow on this episode. So let's thank one more time guest Jennifer Wright. Our thanks to Kristen Wachowski with State Farm, Eldred Homestead, B&B, and Prairie Historical Society. And most of all, thank you, listeners. You are the very reason for Climax the Podcast, Love Letter to a Small Town. I'll talk to you guys in about a week. <laughs>